You're listening to The Teaching Toolbox with Brittany and Ellie. Join them as they talk all things middle school. Hey there, it's Brittany, and I'm here with Ellie. Hello there. And we are here to talk today about being a middle school teacher with parent-teacher conferences coming soon. If you're one of those teachers, you're in luck today because we have an episode where we'll be sharing tips and strategies to make the most of your meeting time with parents. Whether it's teacher-parent conferences or students are involved as listeners or leaders, we're going to cover it all in this episode of The Teaching Toolbox. So what were your conference formats like, Ellie? Did you have parent-teacher conferences or just or parent, teacher, and students? Like, how did your conferences run? I'd say throughout my career, whether it was elementary school or middle school, it was typically parent-teacher conferences. Sometimes a student might be present and they might sit in for a little bit, but it wasn't the norm. So it was basically parent-teacher conferences. When I was in elementary school, that was basically one-on-one. So we would have the conferences with the students from our homeroom, if by chance we switched for anything, you know, we didn't meet with those parents of other um, other classes. We just met with our own homeroom students unless someone requested to have a conference. But it was basically myself with the parent for every single uh, student. And those were probably, I'm thinking 15 to 20 minutes long. And then in middle school, we met as a team of teachers with any parent that requested a conference. It seemed like in elementary school, almost every single parent came in for conferences. In middle school, out of a team of 120 students, you know, we might have 40 or 50. So it wasn't every single parent that came in, but when they did, um, they came in and we met with them as an entire team. And those conferences were also about 15, I think 15-ish minutes. How about you? What were your conferences like? Um, at the elementary school I worked at, uh, we did it much like yours. We met with just our homeroom kids. Our conferences were 20 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And again, we met just with the parent. Usually um, just one parent would show up. And occasionally they would bring a child with. But usually it was just teacher and parent. So very much like what you were saying with yours. When I moved to the middle school I worked at, we actually did student-led conferences. And so the student was in charge of the conference. We would schedule conferences every 10 minutes. Okay. um, And teachers would rotate, but we'll get into more of that later. So it was teacher, student, parent... And out of the about 120 students that we had, we were required that everybody have a conference. But I would say, you know, we would have no-shows and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I would say we would get maybe about 100 out of the 120 would show up for conferences. Wow. Wow. So Yeah, in middle school, they only had a conference if the parent requested it. If the parent had had to sign up for the conference time, uh, otherwise they didn't have they didn't have a conference. Did you have them every quarter or did you have them once or twice a year? How frequently did you have your conferences? We had ours uh, twice a year, 
Well, in elementary yeah. school, we only had once a year. We had October was our conference. Okay. You know, and then if parents wanted a conference at, at another time, you would mm-hmm. obviously, you know, agree to that if there was sure. issues or whatever. But formal conferences were only held in October. In the middle school, we had them twice a year, October and March. October were mandatory. Everybody has to meet. Mm-hmm. And then March were only students you had concerns about. And so okay. you might only meet with like, 20 or 30 at that point out of the 120 okay. how about you yeah yeah we had twice a year both elementary and middle school so they were november-ish usually a little bit before thanksgiving and then march april so it's typically first quarter and third quarter and elementary school it was the same and you got almost all parents in in both of those those time periods and then middle school as I said if they scheduled it then they came in typically a lot more came in in November not quite as many in March and sometimes you you really 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 wanted certain people to come in and they just did not (laughs) unfortunately did you ever get administrative support during your conferences there were times that we did request that an administrator be there yeah. And so if we needed them, they usually put out a message before conference time saying, if you need our, our presence, if you need somebody to be there, please let us know and someone will be there for you. Because we had a principal, we had two assistant principals, and then oftentimes we might have guidance counselors that would come and sit in. So we did have support in that way. Yeah. How about you? Same here. And that was very helpful, very good to hear, mm-hmm. especially, you know, having guidance counselors or having sometimes we'd have the school psych or the school resource teachers be present Mm -hmm. and stuff so Mm -hmm. you know just having that extra support sometimes gives you confidence to talk about what you need to talk about or you know the Mm -hmm. strength to handle a difficult subject or or whatever right right and that's especially important if you are not meeting as a team to begin with um, and you don't have that team support you know like as in elementary school we met just by ourselves with the parent, it's good to have that type of support in case, um, you know, you have extra concerns. Yeah. So yeah. it's nice to have that support. That's great. Yeah. Do you have any tips for how a conference should go? Like, how did you start your conferences? How did you focus on things? Do you have any, any tips there? My first few years, I was horrible at doing conferences. I, <laughs> you know, I didn't really know what I was doing or the best way to do it. But After a few years, I took a position where I would actually, I would write two to three bullet points per student Mm -hmm. that I wanted to cover. And then when the conference actually came, the first thing I would do after, you know, we greeted each other and sat down and that sort of thing. First of all, I would never sit behind like a desk or something opposite the parent. I would sit... If I could, I'd kind of sit next to them or 90 degrees to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's because I think it it shows a different sort of status um, and makes people feel comfortable or uncomfortable how you approach them. So I tried to sit maybe at a round table so you're kind of sitting Mm -hmm. more next to them uh, and across from them and that sort of thing. But I would also start the conversation by asking, you know, First of all, do you have any questions? And mm-hmm. 
So that's how I would start off all my conferences. Do you have any questions or concerns? And that sort of gave the parent the feeling like they were in control. Then I could go ahead and steer, you know, usually their question or concern was my question or my concern, my Mm -hmm, bullet points. mm -hmm. And so I could just steer it the way I wanted to steer it. Um, It made the parent feel more at ease, like they were the one in Mm -hmm. control and their needs were being met and that sort of thing. And so it just, it kind of put the whole situation in a different spin from the beginning. So, right. How about you? Right. How did you run conferences? Yeah, I, I agree. We, we pretty much did the same thing. Since we met as a team, we all might have one or two things that we wanted to address. Or if there was a common concern across the team, there might be one or two things there that were common. But when um, parents arrived, now in middle school, we actually did sit at like a big group of desks and there were four or five of us and then one parent. So it kind of ended up being almost like a circle of of all of us around. Cool. So just thinking about the way you were sitting, sitting, and I know when I was in elementary school, I did the same thing with like sitting on the same side of the table to be able to to show work and things like that. But but anyway, when, once they came in and, and as we greeted each other, then I tried to start with some type of compliment, something positive, you know, something to make the parents feel like their children were, were seen and appreciated. Yes. And starting off with that and then put it in the ball in their court, basically, and what concerns do you have? Was there something in particular you wanted to talk about today? That type of thing. And again, like as you said, it lets them feel like they're kind of in the driver's seat there. They're a little bit more in control of the situation. And typically, any questions or concerns they had were pretty much the same things that we were going to talk about anyway. So we would let them you know, get their questions out and and then if there was something they didn't address during that time, then we would move on to any other concerns that we might have and brainstorm and problem solve, try to figure out how we could come to some type of resolution or um, action plan for what we were going to do to try to help the student in whatever the circumstance might be. Yeah. And then the compliment at the beginning uh, is always a good idea. It's kind of like the Oreo method, start with a compliment, end with a compliment mm. or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. make sure that you're, uh, uh, you're always giving them, starting them off well and ending with a good thought. So, mm-hmm. yeah. right, right. So we would typically end with, if, if there was some type of action plan or there's something that we needed to put into place, we would typically end by recapping that and then scheduling some other time to meet and discuss and, and check and see how things were going. So that was pretty much it. Statistics say 66% of teachers have a hard time with classroom management. Whether it's seating, personalities, time management, noise, or something else, classroom management can be tough. By using time-tested forms, fun games and activities, interactive materials and plans, and celebrating successes of all types, you can become a classroom management ninja and stop being a part of that 66%. Check out the category Classroom Management in the Colorado Classroom Store on TPT or join the Colorado Classroom Classroom Management newsletter by grabbing a digital mental health check-in form at the coloradoclassroom.com slash shop. 
Soon, your classroom management problems will vanish, just like the ninja in the night. Yeah. I'd love to hear more about your student-led conferences. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, with student-led conferences, we actually had a team of 14 teachers in sixth wow. grade. And so we had um, walls that folded up along like one whole side of the building. And mm-hmm. so four classrooms could be made into one big classroom or okay. one big area. And so we would use those four classrooms. And then we would make little pods of four or six. And then the students would come in and we would have practiced with them little scripts and stuff. We would go through with their parents. You know, I have a B in this class. This is why I have a B. I need to work on this, you know, this area. Here is my literacy plan. Please read through it and sign it. You know, they had a checklist of things that they had to go through. So they had an agenda but they okay. would go through their core subjects and any like literacy plans and stuff like that that they had. And then the teachers would actually rotate to the different pods. Oh, okay. And so the teachers were constantly on the go, rotating from okay. pod to pod to pod. So the students would come in in like 10 minute intervals and just take a a pod somewhere in this giant room and Mm -hmm. then as a teacher you would try to find them (laughs) which was kind of fun you know you had a schedule you knew who was coming in at about what time Um, then you would try to find them you would quietly join the pod kind of see where the kid was at with their script and everything and then when there was a break in the conversation you would uh, introduce yourself and then explain you know who you were and how they were doing in your class see if the parent had any questions or anything and Mm -hmm. do an action plan if you needed for that for that student for that class maybe there was a behavior plan that needed to be done or a homework plan or something like that Mm -hmm. to get that student going Uh, you know for 80 to 85 percent of the kids it was pretty much Mm -hmm. just introduce yourself give a couple positives you know, explain, yeah, they could do better with studying for tests or, you know, Mm -hmm. they could do better on their note keeping, you know, work on their handwriting or something like that. And then finish with a positive and then you're up into the next kid. And so it was very fast paced. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to visualize, did you, were there, so there were four to six kids in the room at a time at the different pods. So four to six of your kids of your kids yeah and your whole team is in there and then the other Mm -hmm. three teams because we had three teams of sixth grade yeah okay so Mm -hmm. yeah they're all in there at the same time okay so you're you're seeing kids who aren't yours and you're like okay i can skip that pod i can skip that pod oh i need to make it down to that pod you know i have that kid so but since some kids were um like i taught on the puma team but a wolf kid might be might have a puma math just because of how scheduling worked you know or something like that sure sure so yeah 
interesting. Did you do that for quite a few years or was that only a couple years? Um, all six years that I worked at the middle school yeah. were that. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Did you like it? I really enjoyed it. It was, you know, it took a total mind shift to get used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really nice to have the kids in charge and leading you know, it kept the day going really fast. The day, like, went over so quick. Was this during a regular school day then? Like, a whole school day? Usually we had um, half a day on Thursday or half a day on Wednesday and then a full day on Thursday or a full day on Friday for conferences. And then we might get, if it was, like, Wednesday, Thursday, we might get Friday off um, because there were nighttime ones yeah, we had those too. Yeah, so we yeah. might get the next day off, like Friday off, right. to compensate for being there at night. Right, gotcha. Yeah. Was it difficult to schedule all of that, or was it not bad? Um, first couple of years, we scheduled with paper and pencil. So that was, it was tricky. Then we went to a spreadsheet. They did it, I believe, on... I think they did it on Excel back then. <laughs> it was, you yeah. know, Google was just becoming a thing. And so mm-hmm. it might have been on Google, but I think it was on Excel. And then it was a little bit easier. But because you could schedule about 12 to 14 kids at a time, mm-hmm. it wasn't that hard to fit everybody okay. in. Yeah. How do you think the kids felt about that? Do you think that they enjoyed having that no. opportunity to talk about that or they, were they hated it like, they hated they it hated they didn't like it at all on the spot and <laughs> having to lead <laughs> yeah you yeah. know your your typical type a students really enjoyed mm. you know being in mm-hmm. that leadership position and you know i'm in mm-hmm. charge and i get to show mom right, right. everything i've done and my portfolio and everything um the majority of your kids were like deer in the headlights you know, <laughs> even though we would, we would take several days in each class and go through the script and mm-hmm. have them record all their data for the script, you know, and what's the, what's the one positive you want to bring up, you know, and we'd have them write it out and then what's a negative you want to bring up and have them write it out and, and then they would practice with each other, you know, a couple times mm-hmm. and stuff, but they still felt unprepared and like a deer in headlights when it came to doing it with their mom and dad and or their aunt and uncle but what a great experience for them that's fantastic for them to have that experience to understand the preparation to take part in that and then to to have that leadership opportunity whether they wanted it or not is good to at least have that experience and we had a that's great file folders in the front of the room And Mm -hmm. every student had a file folder and any returned work during the first quarter had to go in the file folder. And that was their Mm -hmm. like portfolio that they had to show their parents or their guardians or whoever. That's awesome. Well, do we have any other tips to add? So uh, you were talking about an agenda. Do you have something about an agenda Mm. that you wanted to bring up? Um, Well, I just have a very brief agenda, you know, just kind of the positive comments, the letting parents ask questions, the concerns that you have, the action plan. So I just had a little sheet that would have all of that information on it and have that for each student. So it would help me stay on track, basically. And then could record anything there that we talked about during the conference time, that kind of thing. So 
I do have that on my blog. It's just a, a free sheet, um, a general agenda that people could adjust the way they want. But that kept me on track because I tend to need to know <laughs> what I'm going to be talking about. Oh, yeah. I think all of us need a, an agenda or bullet points or something to to follow. So Right. And I have a, a resource in my store, uh, student-led conferences, that has the scripts oh, great. and the scheduling spreadsheet and that sort of thing. So if people okay, are fantastic. interested in trying out student-led conferences, that's available in my store. So Yeah, we can put that in the show notes so that people can access that. So Great. That's perfect. Okay, so today we talked about different conference formats, using an agenda to help guide the conference, and the importance of creating an action plan, summing things up at the end of your time together, as well as uh, different conference formats with students leading the conference as well. So make sure you check out the show notes for Ellie's blog post and my resource. And be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button so you never miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Bye. You just listened to The Teaching Toolbox. Follow them on your favorite platform for more episodes and share it with a friend.